Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry with me as he has been now for a while. So we'll get to Zach in just a minute. We'll talk some college football recruiting. We'll talk some college basketball recruiting as well as Ole Miss about a week away or so from getting a verdict from A.J. Hoggard, the point guard at Huntington Prep in West Virginia. So we'll talk about uh, Hoggard and a lot of things, but first let me tell you about Dead Soxie. Are you searching for that unique way to brand your company swag? Do you have a special event to memorialize? Well, if you do, Dead Soxie has you covered with their custom sock program. Click on the custom socks link and they'll walk you through the entire process. From the complimentary digital mock-up before your order is placed to delivery logistics and even custom packaging, Dead Soxie is your place to create a gift they'll use time and again. With all-inclusive pricing, no upcharges or fine print, the custom sock design process is as simple as it gets. Head over to deadsoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com backslash custom. Remember, you can still save 30% on general orders with the promo code REBELGROVE. And as always, stay soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call the number. Ask for my friend Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. And he will uh, he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's really that simple. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. It's just a uh, easy process. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop it around, or you can let Corey and the people at uh, at Clark Ford make you part of their uh, family. You get a great vehicle. You get a great great service after the sale. Corey will take great care of you. He wants to be a truck guy. He wants to be a car guy. He'll prove to you what that means. 662-257-1900. Zach, how are you? Neil, I'm enjoying what I am almost 100% certain is going to be the, uh, the waning moments of a day when it is noon and it is 78 degrees here in nashville yeah I, I i'm not very pleased with you right now because it's it's more like 88 to 90 here and i've hit the portion of the year where i'm sick of the heat sick of it I'm yeah and the the weather the weather channel here the local the local news has has assured us that this is short-lived and it's going to be terrible by friday once again um but yeah, just further proves that in the South, there are basically just two seasons. There aren't four. Yeah, and I like my seasons. I like some winter. I, I like fall. I like some winter. 
I like spring, and then I like summer. But seven months of perpetual summer? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say, you, you can get, I guess, maybe two to three weeks max of a spring and a fall, but it's very short-lived, and then it'll be winter until mid-March, which by that time, the cycle just restarts, and you're back to wanting it to be hot again. Yeah. Well, it's been hot for a while now. It's been... It's been hot since the middle of June. It's now almost October. It's time for summer to go go away. Pack its bags and disappear. There are people that are out there, they're, they're everywhere, that say, man, give me 12 months of summer. I just love it. And I'm like, I get it, but after a while, don't you get fatigued of it? Doesn't it wear you down? And they say, no, they love it. And then... Winter will roll around, and within a day, they're like, I just can't do this. I hate it. And I'm like, man, I kind of like it. I like a little crispness for a little while. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's – people always talk about, you know, oh, you know, go out west. You know, the dry heat is so much better. And I've been in Arizona in, in January, and it is spectacular. Yeah. But I assume that there's just different degrees of terrible out there. I'm sure they're – their June and July is just as bad. It's just a different bad. Yeah. I've been in Vegas in late July when it was like 107, 108 degrees, and that was miserable. <laughs> yeah. It was an oven. I mean, just very varying degrees of, of misery. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, they didn't. That's this is a weather, great segue. That's the weather portion of the uh, of the podcast. Yeah, speaking of varying degrees of miserable, let's talk some Ole Miss football, specifically the recruiting angle. And I'm going to start with the question that I know you get a lot, I get a lot, and that is for recruits, for kids who are committed to a program, for kids who are considering a program, how important – is winning and losing now? So we have broached this topic plenty of times, and, and I'm kind of leaning towards your school of thought now when you assured me that most recruits nowadays do not really care about wins and losses. Um, and, and I'm starting to feel that way. I think especially highly rated recruits they feel that whatever is going on prior to their arrival is irrelevant because they're good enough to make a difference. And I think that that's an important element to consider in recruiting. I think that that's something that you want in a recruit. Um, we talked about this uh, on our show on Monday, uh, Podcast Rebellion. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, TuneIn, all that good stuff. Uh, um, and we kind of... Myself and my co-host both said that we need to wait and see how the rest of the season goes because this is where the, the meat of the schedule comes in. Alabama is whatever. That's You're not going to win or lose recruits on that game. But the Auburn, the A&M, the LSU, even the Missouri game, Vanderbilt, State. Yeah. Those are the games where recruits are going to be paying attention. You will be under the proverbial microscope where – Maybe they're not wanting you to win, but they are wanting to see, in my opinion, that the program is moving in a positive direction. 
So basically to dumb that down, Ole Miss cannot afford to get blown out in five of those six games, four of those six games. I think they have to be able to show that they can compete and basically be able to go to these recruits after the game, whether that's in the IPF, at a hotel, lobby, whatever, on the phone. Look, like, hey, tough loss, but if you were in this game, you would have been able to make a play here. You would have been able to make this catch, break up this pass, get that sack, that kind of thing. You, you can't really make that point or convince a 17- or 18-year-old of that if you lose to Auburn 56-17. to 17. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. I think that's what I think too. There are so Ole Miss obviously is two and two. It lost at Memphis in a game that they just never got going offensively in the first half at all. That cost them. They beat an Arkansas team that I think is contemplating a coaching change. One and one half seasons into the Chad Morris era which we can talk about in a minute because there's two things there. So I'll, I'll say it so that we don't forget to go back to it. One, Arkansas and Tennessee both, I think, are having to contemplate the decisions that they have made. Were they the right decisions? Do you stay on this path just because that's what you're supposed to do? Or do you abandon and try to get it right, and then what does that do to your current recruiting? So, which could impact Ole Miss in some way. And then Ole Miss beat Southeastern Louisiana and then played Cal in a game that, frankly, people started to notice the attendance as an issue. And, frankly, it was a game that Ole Miss in some ways kind of on one hand, they gave the game away. And on the other hand, Zach, in fairness to Cal, if Cal converts a third and short and gets a first down midway through the fourth quarter, it's a 28-13 to 13 game. I mean, they were right around midfield, and they decided right. to punt, which was the right thing to do. And, and – and then Ole Miss, to its credit, put together the 90-some-odd yard drive to, to score a touchdown. And uh, and you know the rest, the Plumlee and all that stuff. But that game, when the third quarter ended, if you were an Ole Miss game fan, you had to feel pretty disappointed in where, that, where your program was at that moment. They finished it yeah. pretty well, but... I'm always reluctant to go too much with because I've had some Ole Miss people push back this week and say, man, we were so close to winning that game. And I don't, no. don't, don't want to be negative and go, yeah, you were. I mean, no, you weren't. But, well, you, you, you were, I guess, but you were going to have to score on fourth and short. Let's say that I'm fairly convinced if the play gets – whistled and reviewed that the call on the field would have stood and they would have gotten the ball fourth and goal at the half yard line one play and then if you score you've got to go for two and make it and if you score 
the two-point conversion, you have to win, a, win in overtime. So I'm not prepared just to go, yeah, you were going to win. You were going to have a chance to win, but you, you, there was a lot to, a lot had to happen. But anyway, the program's two and two. They're going to lose Saturday at Alabama, and like you said, no one holds that against anybody anymore. So two and three when they come home to play Vanderbilt. It's a 6-30 game. Everyone tells me that's a huge deal, so okay. Vanderbilt's not bringing anybody. Cal brought 8,000. Vanderbilt might bring 800. I don't know what the crowd's going to look like that day. I can tell you this, and I hate to put – you know me, I've always pushed back on people that said Memphis was a must-win. Cal was a must-win. I do think Vanderbilt's a must-win. I think so, too, mostly for reasons that I mentioned earlier. I think you've got to you, – we talked about the first four games um, all summer and then all before they have – I mean, that, those, were the gettable, those were the gettable games. Memphis was gettable, Cal, Arkansas, Sela. You've got New Mexico left as one of the remaining gettable games. I think Vandy is gettable. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are putting stock into, well, they scored 38 points against LSU, and I saw a little bit of that game. I wasn't there. Um, look, I, in my opinion, I think LSU checked out probably halfway through the second quarter and just kind of coasted. Yeah. And they have, the, they have the ability to do that now because Joe Burrow is legit. So maybe Vandy is good on offense, and that was their first sign of, you know, hey, we're still here and we're going to hang 40 on Tennessee at the end of the year. That remains to be seen next week, but I think you have desperately got to not only for fan buy-in, the overall aesthetic of the program, but mostly because there are going to be recruits there and you've got to rebound because it'll be two losses in a row. Now, it is Alabama, so that's expected, but you, you've got to get wins. You've got to start stacking those up, and this is a chance against Vandy to do that. And then you've got New Mexico State, so four at the most, if I'm doing the math right here. Other than that, I don't know where you find anything else, so you've got to take advantage of getting them when you can and just giving fans something to cheer for, for lack of a better term, because like you said, the attendance has been bad, so how bad is it going to be when you're staring three and nine in the face? Yeah, it's – it's. Uh... I know people are out there listening going, you guys are being kind of contradictory, and, and we are because it's complicated. And I don't know that anybody knows the exact answer. Here's why I think Vanderbilt's so important is, let's be honest here, I, I believe in keeping it real. There's noise right now. It's not loud noise, but it's noise. It's There's a lot of, look at our message board at rebelgrove.com. It's part of the Rivals Network. Feel free to join. The price is uh, cheaper than a Subway sandwich. You uh, look at the message board angst after the Cal game, and there's a lot of the fire word and stuff. And, and Cal's 4-0, and ranked number 15 in the country today. No one's going to hold Alabama against him, like you, like you said. No one's going to get worked up about that. The line's 35 to 38 points, depending on where you bet. 
It's insane. Alabama's crazy good. They're going to blow out most everyone. So, but the Vanderbilt game, if Ole Miss were to lose that game, by the end of that night, I think the noise would be deafening. I think some of the stuff gets put on the table. I think some some that's where some money people begin to say, "Hey, this isn't going to work." And we and, and that's when that happens. Like that's happening at Arkansas right now. It's beginning to happen at Tennessee right now. That's the stuff that derails your progress. Flip side, if Ole Miss beats Vanderbilt next Saturday, it's three and three. There's no question that if I had told people before the season that you'd be three and three at the halfway point, they'd been disappointed. No question about it. But you go to Missouri, and this is where your theory, your your belief comes in, and I, I'm with you. Let's say you go to Missouri and you play fairly well and you lose by ten. You're okay. You come home and you play A and M. The crowd's decent. You play them pretty close. Let's say you lose by 7 to 10. You're still okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. You can still sell to recruits. Hey, we're getting closer. You get an open date. Go to Auburn. They're really good. I mean, Auburn's schedule between now and the time that Ole Miss plays them. They get Mississippi State at home. I think they're going to win. They go to Florida. I think they're going to win that game. They go to Arkansas. I think they're going to lose that game. I mean, win that game. And then they go to LSU, and I think they're going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. So Auburn, if I'm right, would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and one when Ole Miss comes there. And Auburn would be somewhere around where they are now, eighth, eighth issue yeah. in the country. And now, and I'll briefly interject here. This might be a little contradictory because of what Chase Garbers did. And, and I don't know. You can give me your opinion. I think the one little nice variable asterisk caveat, whatever you want to put for the Auburn game, not saying Ole Miss will win, but it is something to consider that Ole Miss's defense has outside of defending the pass, the run defense has been outstanding so far. And Bo Nix is a true freshman quarterback. So there is something that could be thrown in there to make it somewhat of a close game. Yeah. Between that and the fact that Auburn, I think would be, poised for a little bit of a letdown right so yeah not saying Ole Miss can win because I definitely don't think that's possible but you could keep it reasonable and lose by 14 17 I was gonna say 13 points so we'll say 13 to 17 points they lose that game yeah they come home and they play New Mexico State there's gonna be a lot of focus on the attendance and stuff because it's going to be bad in this scenario and this is them beating Vanderbilt and playing close games I the flip side, you lose to Vanderbilt, and I think the wheels come off. I really do. Oh, I, yeah. I, I don't I, – I'm at that point willing to entertain the possibility that this just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you beat New yeah, Mexico you would, State. You would then, need to pull the plug there. I, uh, I think you'd opinion. have to start thinking about it. I think you'd be in the spot that Arkansas is in today. I was in Fayetteville last weekend. Mm-hmm. C- Campbell had a – Kyo Dad's Day function. It's her freshman year. She really wanted me to come. Um, I did. I'm glad that I did. It was a really neat weekend, one that I'll remember for a long time. It was it was special, and and I was glad I was there. 
I say all that to say this. Her sister and I drove her back to her dorm on Saturday night. Her dorm is, from her room, you can see into uh, Reynolds Razorback Stadium, very close to the stadium. And to get her back to her dorm, we were kind of having to go around some traffic and stuff because it was nighttime. And it was third quarter of their loss to San Jose State, and people were streaming the hell out of that stadium. And I know when it's uh, an opponent, a rival, you're like, oh, good. It was a glimpse of what it could be at Ole Miss. If you told me Ole Miss lost to Vanderbilt, I'd tell you that late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter of that game, the people streaming out of Vault-Hemingway would look a hell of a lot like the people streaming out of Fayetteville that night. Unhappy. And you get to that place, and I don't know that you can – I don't know that Chad Morris can recover from San Jose State. Yeah, I had so many people um, – Texting, you know, just several group texts, group me's, Slack channels, just people all throughout the night. Just, have y'all seen what Arkansas is doing? Yeah. Have y'all checked the Arkansas score? And I finally, I was um, watching Oklahoma State, Texas, and I was uh, watching Stanford, Oregon, and then was getting ready to, you know, switch everything over to Georgia Notre Dame. And I finally switched over TV2 to to Arkansas, San Jose State, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I thought that it was just like Arkansas looks sloppy. They're just struggling. And, no, they were getting ready to take an L at home. I mean, and you had to pay them, what, $1.5 to do so? Yeah. I mean, I just I just know what it looks like. And, and so they're 1-1, one 1-2-1, and 2-2. One, one and two and one, two and two. They're going to lose to A&M. They go to Kentucky. They're probably going to lose there. That's two and four. Auburn will kill them. Alabama will kill them. That's two and six. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say Mississippi State's a favorite that's... against them, even in Fayetteville. That's two and seven. So that gets me to November the 9th. November the 9th, the same day that Ole Miss plays New Mexico State, Arkansas entertains Western Kentucky. Ooh. You let that stadium have 21,000 people in a 72,000-seat stadium? And I don't know that you survive that. And then they finish at LSU. That's a loss. Missouri and Little Rock, that's probably a loss. They're staring 3-9, and 0-8, square in the face. Where mm-hmm. after two years, Chad Morris's record will be, if if I'm right, that would be five and nineteen, zero oh and sixteen in the league. Mm. And I don't Bad. think that's Ooh. sustainable. And the the thing about it is, is that he's actually recruiting well, which 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 gets me to where I was headed with this, right? Which is mm-hmm. if, if you're Ole Miss. And no, nothing ever happens in a vacuum. You don't make decisions in a vacuum. You do, if you're smart, look around and survey the landscape. I don't know what's going to happen I, with Jeremy Pruitt. I think Arkansas is going to be searching for a coach. Yeah, I think Pruitt's done. I think Pruitt's done. They have tough sledding. They don't play this week. Then they play uh, Georgia at home. 
Mississippi State at home, at Alabama, South Carolina at home, UAB at home, at Kentucky, at Missouri, uh, Vanderbilt at some, home. There's some losses in there. And and and, a U, and, and UAB is a is a watch your ass game. There's no question. Well, Bill Clark. They'll come in there. And, yeah. <laughs> Bill Clark is going to be putting on a. He, he's going to have his proverbial resume out. So oh, I don't. Yeah. So if you're Ole Miss, you know, I mean, look. It, let's say that for the sake of sanity, they beat Vanderbilt. And this chancellor thinks taking a while. I still think the prudent approach is to get through this season, finish a recruiting class, tell kids, hey, we're, we're, we're staying the path here, and then get into next season and see what happens. But a loss to Vanderbilt, and I think I changed my tune. I, I think if you completely lose the fan base and that game would do it, I think everything gets on the table at that point. Yeah, because then it becomes a tall, tall order for Matt Luke and this staff because you're going to have to convince J.J. Pegues, McKinley Jackson, Amari Thomas, Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, you're going to have to convince them that they can come in and change things. And that's that's easier said than done. It's one thing if you have a product to point to and say, hey, look, we're here right now. But if you come in, we can get here. But if you're well, three and nine, it's like, Hey, we're we're down here, but we think you guys can get us up here. Oh, I don't even think there's it's some, that. I think there's it's, some doubt. You know what I think it is, Zach? I think it's that that's where the kids begin to hear the noise. Auburn was impacted last year by noise on the recruiting trail. Nothing happened, but there was a lot of noise and it absolutely cost them players. Yeah, that's when the uh, the ugly the ugly head renders itself with uh, negative recruiting, and yeah, that's that's when the uh, the conversations on the couch change more to, you know, moving away from our school to, hey, that other school that you're thinking about, do you realize what's going on there? That's when that starts happening. Yeah, it's and it's hard it's hard to it's hard to combat that when you're three and nine. Yeah, late in the season, you know. Uh... You're trying to convince a McKinley Jackson, hey, you're not going to LSU, you're not going to Alabama, you're going to Ole Miss. And those schools start saying, hey, I know you like those guys, and they're good guys, but they're not going to be there much longer. You're going into an yeah. unknown situation. It's, it's, it's where Arkansas is in trouble right now. That you, like you said, they're recruiting fairly well. But now those kids start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Hey, Coach, are you going to be there? Yeah. What's what's and, what's gonna happen? Yeah. What's gonna happen, Coach? Yeah. And that's when kids start looking around. That's that's where when people say winning and losing matters. That's where it matters. It matters from a noise standpoint. And that's why I think these next few weeks are so critical for Ole Miss. I think because of the Chancellor situation and because there's no athletics director, I, I, I think. Luke's got a long, a lot of rope, and he can still fix this. And and you know, look, they played okay against Memphis. They were okay against Cal. If they beat Vanderbilt and then maybe steal one of those other games we talked about, play some close games, beat New Mexico State, maybe get the thing to five wins. Is that pretty? Mm -hmm. No, it's not what people. It, it it's not what people wanted. I don't think not getting to the Liberty Bowl is going to impact recruiting. <laughs> I don't. I do put it on a shirt, Neil. 
starting I, in the season in Memphis. But I do think getting to a place where the noise is so loud that what kids are being told is, hey, look, the only reason this guy survived is because there's no chancellor there. They just right. hired a new chancellor, and he's going to feel pressure to make a change. And look at the start of their season next year. You're walking into chaos. That's where I think things are kind of at a, a boiling point right now a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if we if we want to get into the minutia of, of recruiting here and, and kind of dig deep and and basically try to find an excuse or – something for you know the tiniest straw for Matt Luke to grasp onto he does he does have some some sales pitches out there we, we, we talked about McKinley Jackson you can really sell hey Benito Jones is gone after this year you can come in and be the guy immediately yeah hey JJ Octavius Cooley he's gone Jason Pellerin gone you can come in and be the dude. Yeah. Everybody else wants Man. to move you to defensive yeah. line. You want to play tight end. You can play tight end here. And look at how we use Cooley. We're going to use you in this offense. Mm-hmm. You're going yeah. to get the ball in your hands. Yeah. Manuel Forbes, hey, Jalen Jones, Miles Hartsfield, those guys are coming to the end of, of their eligibility. You saw what DeAndre Prince did against Cal. We ain't afraid to play you. Come here. We'll play you. Well, and even, so, even further – we got burned with the vertical ball. We think you could change that. We think you can be mm-hmm. impactful changing what we do immediately. Right. So there's there are some ways you can spin it, but what I was saying at the top of the show was you've got to give them some some kind of product that shows them that you're not selling them a lie. You've got to get some direction going. Well, and I'm going to be careful how I phrase this. The other thing is, not with all, not always, but but a lot of the times, the prospects who wait till the end, they find out. How do I say this? They find out just how invested people are in the program. Mm-hmm. And if things go to hell in a handbasket, it's hard to get the boosters as invested as you need them to be at the end of the recruiting process. Yeah, trying to be politically correct here, but and that's where the buy-in comes from, or, or that's where the buy-in comes into play. I should say, if you're if you're competing, losing tight ball games, boosters, fans, they will continue to support and say, "Hey, look, I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Let's get let's get going on the recruiting trail and yeah. let's try to fix this." We're passing but, the look test. We're close, right? I think exactly. we're close. Yeah. And, but man, you're right. You start dropping a 22 point game here and a 30 point game here and a 27 point game here, and I think that's where people go. I, I'm out. I'm out till the next guy, mm-hmm. and and we're not there yet at all. I don't think we're even close to that. I think, but I think next Saturday night is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big. That is because hey, here's the other thing. I told Chase this when when the time came out. In many ways, it makes it a pure litmus test for what fans think. Because two things: one, Vandy's not bringing anybody. I mean, their their fans are like, hey, is it bas- is it baseball season yet? 
So they're out. They're not bringing anyone. And with it being a 6.30 game, there are no excuses. Yeah. You don't That's... get the whole, well, it's 11 o'clock, man. I hate these 11 o'clock kickoffs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's out, 6.30. You, mm-hmm. get to, you get to go it's... drink in the Grove all day long, all that stuff. So if there's only 32,000 people in the stadium that night, well, you know where people stand. You know where yeah, you are no. at that point. You're two, So two weeks away from now, I'm not going to put any money down, but I would bet that the weather is going to be better. So there is no, oh, it's too hot. So all the excuses that are built in with 11 a.m. kicks are gone. So it's going to be very telling what the attendance is, regardless of what happens in Tuscaloosa, because that doesn't matter. Well, here's the long term for that. Uh, I mean, again, this is we're taping this on Wednesday, the, whatever it is. For Saturday, October the 5th in Oxford, Mississippi, sunny and a high of 84 Saturday night, mostly clear, low of 61. That's pleasant. It's not too hot. Yeah. Sun will be. Oh, you you can watch an L in 61-degree weather. Yeah. So there's no excuse. I mean, we'll find out where people, what people feel. There won't be any spinning it, is my point. Not excuse is the wrong word. There will be no spin. Right. I mean, if the crowd's bad, you'll know, hey, look, people just aren't in right now. And that game will that game will be important. That game, unlike Saturday where they play Alabama and they get beat, and you go, hey, they just have reams more talent than Ole Miss and everybody else. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Can't say that about Vanderbilt. No. No, I mean, that's, that's the one that you, that you should and must win. If we're talking talent disparity there. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an absolute must win. I I didn't think Memphis was, and I didn't think Cal was. I thought Cal was important, but I didn't think it was must win. I think I think this game is must win. It's absolutely mm-hmm. must win. If you if you lose this game, I don't I don't think you get I don't think there's any chance of getting the fan base back over the course of the season and then Given what's coming in terms of the administration and stuff, I think it puts a lot of different things on the table. If you beat Vanderbilt, I think yeah. you kick that can down the road, maybe far enough to repair it and go into next season. And I think next season the scoreboard will will be even more critical than it is this year. And then at, at that point, it is what it is. Before we transition to basketball, let me tell you this podcast is also brought to you in part by the Refrigeration Company. TRC is owned and operated by Jeremy Walter. He's been in the refrigeration field for more than 20 years. At TRC, they understand that great service means being responsive. They're highly trained, responsible, and dedicated staff are available 24-7 to ensure your complete satisfaction. They specialize in ammonia refrigeration, but they work on any other H. FC, HCFC, or CO2 systems. Uh, They're building winning relationships with customers in baking, cold storage warehouses, ice production facilities, and facilities serving dairy processing, food processing, 
poultry processing and catfish processing. TRC is based in Spanish Fort, Alabama, but they're licensed in Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and South Carolina as well. They can handle any of your company's refrigeration needs, including installation, fabrication, service, compressor rebuilds, ammonia detection calibration, vibration analysis, and more. To learn more, call Jeremy Walter at 251-348-8533. Or email him at jeremy at therefridgeco.com. That's jeremy at the R-E-F-R-I-G-C-O.com. We're also brought to you by Elite Dental Care with offices throughout West Tennessee in Germantown, Jackson, and Trenton. Elite Dental Care has five doctors with more than 75 years of combined experience. And with their different areas of expertise, the doctors at Elite Dental Care offer convenience along with the latest in technology. In addition, Elite Dental Care is a family practice, so the entire family can be seen no matter age or severity of problems. Elite Dental Care focuses on staying up to date on all the latest technology, including intraoral cameras, digital x-rays and impressions, 3D x-rays, and more. They're, uh, they offer both conscious sedation and IV sedation for patients that are anxious or scared or for those that might not be fearful but just have a lot of work to do and can't afford to take time off work from multiple visits. And with sedation, Elite Dental Care is able to get much more work done in one visit, which ultimately saves the patient time and money. So if you're looking for a dentist in West Tennessee or the Memphis area, call Dr. Mark Harper, Dr. Clint Buchanan, and Dr. Mike Farah at Elite Dental Care. To reach the doctors at Elite Dental Care, go to EliteDentalCare.com or follow them on Facebook and or Instagram. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop rebel shop now with two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. And then there's a new location in Flowood next to Half Shell. So if you don't live in Jackson, that's not a problem. You can visit them online at collegecornerstore.com. Plus, they're on Facebook and Instagram. Don't waste your game day in Oxford stuck in traffic and long lines to get your gear. Stop by before you go. And the staff will have you in and out and on your way to Oxford. The College Corner has you covered for all your tailgate and home gate needs. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in the central Mississippi area. Through the month of October, mention Rebel Grove at checkout and you'll get 15% off your entire purchase. You can also use it online. Just put Rebel Grove in the coupon tab at checkout to get the same discount. All right, let's talk some basketball real quick before we close. Uh, There's some news on rebelgrove.com. I'll share it here. A.J. Hoggard, the uh, four-star top 70 or so national recruit, uh, the point guard from Huntington Prep in West Virginia. He's prep school teammates with Jamin Brakefield. He is going to announce his decisions act October the 6th. That's the day after Vanderbilt. Starting to feel like a pretty big weekend in Oxford. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. He's announcing his decision. I'm hearing, and I'm not going to report this as sheer fact. I'm just telling you this is what I hear. I'm hearing it's down to Ole Miss and Michigan State. That is, uh, we talked about this last week and how going up against Tom Izzo is is usually a fool's errand. But um, teammates with Jamin Brakefield, we've talked about him extensively You've pretty much made it known what you think about it. I've said what I think. If if what me and you think about Jamin Brakefield is true, which I, not that I'm doubting you, um, I think that AJ Hoggard coming to Ole Miss is 
I mean, it, you can't ask for much more than a 50-50 shot, but I think it's maybe a little better than that. Um, You're saying if Hoggard goes to Ole Miss, you think that increases Ole Miss's chances with Brakefield? I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, it, it appears that geography has nothing to do with his decision. He's originally from Pennsylvania. He's from Wayne, Pennsylvania. Um, so he's not trying to stay in the Northeast. Um, so I think that right now being in the final two from what you're hearing, uh, I think that that's certainly very good. Um, maybe this is reading too much into it. You had Samson, uh, Samson Rushinsev on campus. Um, I thought that they might potentially push for a commitment. They clearly did not. Um, I think think, that's a positive sign. I think his thing is he has these visits set up. His dad's coming over from Moscow to go with him on the visit to Florida this weekend, on the visit to Stanford, and then on the visit to Georgia Tech. He's not going to take the visit to Illinois, and then he's going to decide something. I think by early to mid-November, he wants to sign in the November period. Um, I think they're really in it on him. I, I just, it's. He told me that he he had a favorite, wasn't going to publicly name his favorite, but that these visits were being designed to, uh, you know, just kind of solidify his opinion one way or the other. I think it's Ole Miss or Florida for him, and I don't know which one I necessarily think it is. I guess we'll have a better clue after this weekend. Yeah, and I I think one thing that might be leaning Ole Miss a little more towards Hoggard is from what I've been hearing is Kermit and the staff really want to get a point guard in this class. Uh, you're losing Brian Tyree after this year. Devontae Shuler continues to kick the tires on the idea of possibly doing something else after this season um they want to get a point guard in 2020 and hoggard is definitely you know fits the bill of what they want similar build to a Devonte shuler uh, he's bigger than tyree so gives kermit and the staff a little more flexibility a little more you know different looks they can do on defense he's you know a, a bigger guy uh, as good a player as Brian is, he can't grow anymore. Um, so if <laughs> you can true. get somebody to join your roster, <laughs> damn it, Brian, is, uh, grow! Uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Hawk, I, 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 I'm sure Brian wants to. Yeah, um, but I mean, I'm Hawkins sure if there was a place that Brian could go by four inches of height, he, he would be in that store right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hoggard 6'2", 6'3", 190 pounds, well built, uh, very well put together uh, high school point guard. So a little more mature body wise. He's got a big frame, plays the game. He's He's got a really cool playing style. It's more it, it, to me. It's almost kind of a throwback where he's very gritty, really loves to put the ball on the floor, get to the rim. Um, kind of reminds me a little. Of um, and this might trigger some people because of what happened yesterday, but he reminds me a lot of um, of Virginia point guards. Big, thick, put the ball on the floor, get to the rim type player. Um, pretty good three-point shooter. Not great, 
um, sees the floor well, but I think the size is what's so enticing for Ole Miss that'll give them some options defensively because they're really starting to put together a roster that Kermit David Kermit Davis wants. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot to add to that. You nailed it. He wants they want to be taller, they want to be more physical, they want to be stronger, they want to be longer, more athletic, more positionless basketball. Mm-hmm. Kind of like everybody yeah. else who's winning. Right. Plug uh, and play. Yeah, and he, you know, their one, two, three spots are pretty interchangeable, and so you need interchangeable parts. And you're exactly right about Hoggard. I think they have to get a, a, a point guard in this class because Devontae might stay. But. Yeah. Devontae could have That's a the really. Thing. That's the variable. Devontae could have a really good year and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go play overseas for a year, refine my game, and see if I can't make an NBA roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, the, the Emmanuel Moutier route. Yeah. Which he didn't go to college, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I just think I think Devontae Shuler is leaning towards staying for his senior year, but, man, there's a whole junior year that could change that. And so if you're Ole Miss, you – you have to be planning around the possibility that his game takes a quantum leap in year two as a point guard and that he says, hey, there's money to be made. I'm going to go make it. And nobody could fault him for that. No, 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 no. Get your money. That's what I always say. So, you know, yeah, you nailed it. They they need to get pieces that can be in place to replace guys like Devontae Shuler. And you know Brian's going to leave at the end of the season. And uh, as much as I, I know Kermit likes Brian Tyree and appreciates what Brian Tyree has done for his program, I also know that he wants a bigger guy in that spot. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty easy decision when you've got the number number 71 player nationally that's wanting to come play for you. Yeah, you you, you go ahead and you, you take that verbal commitment. Oh, if if they get Hoggard and Breakfield along Woo. with what is essentially Sean Robinson, it, it it's they've taken their program to a place that I, I just I, I've never I don't think it's ever been anywhere near that level. And then if you throw, how do you say his last name? It's Samson. I, so I was watching a YouTube video, and now the PA guy could be guessing as well but i think it's rushensiv rushensiv if you add those cats Ooh. and again now they, <laughs> they they could go 0 for 3 on these guys and sure you know but if you add some players like that i'll tell you what the pavilion's gonna be one hell of a tough ticket <sighs> that would be rarefied air and rarefied to where people might just start saying hey who cares about football we're a basketball school now because man with the front court they have right now you add those pieces oh that's that's when uh that's when as they say in the business neil it starts recruiting itself well, that's what I was going to say. Once you start getting the Sean Robinsons and the Jamin Brakefields and the A.J. Hoggards, once you get those guys, it gets a lot easier to get the next guy like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and basketball is a 100% totally different animal. It just takes one dude. I mean, Carmelo Anthony dragged a bunch of guys to the national championship game. Well, you know, Zach, I grew up in Ruston, Louisiana, the metropolis that is Ruston. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was a kid, about the eighth grade, Louisiana Tech had a basketball team that had a power forward on it. He, mm. took, he took them all the way to the Sweet 16 into overtime and was one Wayman Tisdale shot away from the Elite Eight. That yeah. power forward's name didn't was, they, his name was Carl didn't they Malone. Call him, okay. I said, didn't they call him the plumber? Some kind of They, they called him uh, the mailman. Government job. The, the mailman. <laughs> that, that is correct. Yeah, it's yeah. basketball's a one one dude can change it sport. And I Listen, Breakfield could be that guy. Hockard could be that guy. This kid's got serious hey, game. Yeah. I mean, these are these are guys that are not only poised to be good college players, but, I mean, these are NBA ceiling guys. This isn't just your role player who is just, you know, he fits in the system well. No, these are guys that are going to get drafted. Yeah. That's the other thing is that he could be on the – we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but maybe not. They could be on the cusp of starting to develop a little bit of an NBA pipeline, and at that point, your program changes. Because the kids, the kids that you want, they want to play in the NBA. That's their goal. That's why I laugh at fans like, I hate the NBA. I'm like, well, if you want, if you want your team, your college team to be good, you, you want to have an NBA presence. Because without it, it's really hard. Terrence Davis making the NBA has helped Ole Miss, no question. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, that's the the you're able to now go into living rooms, talk on the self, talk on your cell phone, talk to you know whatever. You, you can now say, hey, we put a guy in the league now. Yeah, no doubt. And we're talking. Yeah, we're not we're not talking D League or G League or whatever it is. No, he's on the roster for the. NBA champion Toronto Raptors. So, and if I had to go out on some semblance of a limb, these names that we're talking about, they got a good shot at making it too. No question about it. All right, well, we're going to stop there. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. We'll talk Ole Miss Vanderbilt. Um, we'll maybe know more about who's coming, what it means, all of those things. I know that sometimes these conversations get a little frustrating for fans, but this is where they are, and it's one of the things that I think you come here for is to get sort of the straight talk, and so we try to deliver it. Don't forget, go to deadsoxy.com, enter the promo code REBELGROVE, check out their custom socks, enter promo code REBELGROVE, it's uh, 30% off. So thanks to Dead Soxy, thanks to Zach Barry. For Zach, I'm Neil. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care.